0: Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashvin. And today we are discussing Halloween Ends from 2022, directed by David Gordon Green, written by Paul Brad Logan, Chris Bernier, Danny McBride, and David Gordon Green, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Rowan Campbell, Andy Matichek, and James Jude Courtney. In this film... David Gordon Green's trilogy concludes with a deeper examination of Michael's impact on Haddonfield. If you're new to the show, we're going to discuss this movie spoiler free, just some background info around it for the first 15 or 20 minutes. But after that, we're going to take a little break, play some transition music and then go into spoiler mode. So anything after that transition music will spoil the movie. Go see it in theaters or watch it on Peacock if you haven't seen it at that point in the show. And Ashwin, what was your vibe going into this movie? We, we didn't care for for kills. We'll tell new listeners that right away. Mm-hmm. Um, we both seemed to like the first one pretty well. Where 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 was your head at for this one?
1: You know, I, I watched rewatched the first one and the second one uh, before I watched this one. So uh, yeah, I, I was kind of building up to it. And I know we've been talking about this one for years. I was excited for, to see the end of this trilogy. Um, I feel like. I uh, was pretty low on the first one, too. I, I know you kind of liked it on rewatch, but I, I feel like both the first and second one like uh, weren't that great. Though on rewatch, actually, I, I was a little bit a bigger fan of Halloween Kills. Uh, but yeah, what, what about you? Where, where are you coming from? Okay, so when you reappraised them, were you about the same on the first
0: one as your initial watch? Maybe even a little bit lower. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That had the opposite thing happen with my rewatch of that one. And then yeah. Halloween Kills... A little better. You liked a little better. Yeah. Right. Some cool kills, actually. Uh, what, yeah, what about you? Yeah, right? Um, I did not watch both of them again for this movie. I really wanted to, but couldn't find the time. Ah. Uh, I think I watched 2018 again last year, right before Kills, to get psyched up for that. So that was still fairly fresh in my mind.
1: But so far, like you're like kind of middle ground on this round of the franchise? Well, Kills, I disliked so much <laughs> that I had
0: very low expectations for this. Just yeah. like zero. I just assumed it would suck, and if it was good, I would be pleasantly surprised. That was my headspace
1: going into it. Ah, uh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, where you come out on this. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, anytime, do you know, I, so I know for this one you have like four writers behind it. Did you have those four across all three films? No,
0: I believe David Gordon Green and Danny McBride were writers across all three. Okay. Chris Bernier and Paul Brad Logan. I didn't check this completely, but they were not on Halloween Kills writing credits, and the names don't
1: sound familiar to me. I don't think they were involved in. 2018 either. Okay, is it always like kind of a red flag when you see so many writers on one? Like, have you ever seen a movie you're like, wow, that was great. I, I'm glad so many people wrote that movie.
0: <laughs> it took every writer they had yeah. to land that, and they did exactly. it perfectly.
1: One man couldn't have done that in his. Own. I
0: had a note as the credits were rolling in my notes. It was like, ooh, four writers <laughs> always
1: makes me nervous. Exactly. Yeah, That's yeah, a lot of people in the mix. Yep. And then, why do you like Halloween over Halloween Kills? Why, why do you think that was a stronger film? I think it's a better movie, better story. Everything
0: about it is better, but better character <laughs> development. Halloween Kills made the same mistake that Halloween 2 made locking Lori up in a hospital for the entire runtime, so you don't get any character arc with her. Yeah. Halloween Kills was all world building. It didn't have much in terms of a character arc or story. It was just there. And it was such a specific commentary that they were trying to make that it got old, it got stale, it was cringe inducing, some of the dialogue was horrible. Yeah. The the kills are good. Evil Dies Tonight was so so cringe. Yeah, they went a little too far with that one. They did. Do you think I think this might have a name. Oh, I've seen it called the H-40 Trilogy, but I feel like fans won't call it that. Do you think that we'll call it the Evil Dies Tonight Trilogy?
1: Oh, you think that name will take over? I don't think (laughs) so. I think a
0: different trilogy might... I think a different name might take over than H-40. Oh, I didn't hear H-40. That's because
1: we're 40 years out from the original? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that why it's called... We were in 2018. Is that why it's called H-2O? Is that 20 years from it? He just... You just got it, everybody. Oh, damn. I thought there was like some water going on in that one or something. There's no no water in (laughs) there? No, I think the actual title is H20, but everyone just calls it H20. Oh, shit. I I still got to see that one, but I assume there's some underwater stuff happening. There's definitely oxygen in that movie, but I don't recall any hydrogen. (laughs) Not a lot of hydrogen on those molecules. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, dude, I I feel like a lot of your criticism for Kills, you could almost apply to the first one as well. A lot of that, not so much world building, but character building of, like, where is uh Lori years after and, like, the effects of trauma on, like, her daughter and granddaughter and too much, like, about the characters there and, like, you don't get Michael, whereas, like, Halloween Kills, it's, like, Michael just, like, on a rampage, which is, like, what a lot of this franchise is, is, is like, the best part of this franchise is seeing Michael just going nuts. And so I feel like Kills, like, it, it does it kind of cheaply, but at least has a lot more to that than the original, uh, or not the original, but the 2018 Halloween.
0: Well, yeah, you're saying, what you're saying is just things I like about those. I think you're describing benefits when you describe (laughs) what's wrong with 2018. It has character development. Like, I care about those characters. My favorite type of slasher movie is characters I care about and a creepy stalk and slash type scene. Mm. 2018 had had those things, and Kills didn't have any character development, it was like town development, and the Kills, and I think this was even a question I asked you on the Kills podcast, which I meant to re-listen to and didn't. Yeah, I forgot to. Like how you felt about the stock and slash Michael versus the one-man army Michael. And what you're saying is like that's that's the franchise. That's not really, I mean the franchise is really like a stock and slash, but Halloween Kills was just like a...
1: Tank, you know. I agree. Yeah, that was a whole different Michael, like taking down armies of people, uh, like both on the beginning and the end of that movie. But uh, the whole uh, kind of like stalking people in a home, even on the first one, what does he do? it, Like twice. There's like a babysitter. He does that too, and then obviously he attacks later at the end. But um, I, I, I just feel like we didn't get like that many kills in uh, the or in the 2018 one. Did there we? was a
0: great motion sensor outside light.
1: Oh, oh. Wait, what? There was? The motion sensor light outside, yeah, oh, with yeah, uh, yeah. one of the kids. One of the kids, yeah, running. Yeah, actually, that was a really cool scene. You're right. Yeah, those was yeah. fun. Right, yeah, you got some of that. I mean, Kills had like a body
0: count of like, I can't <laughs> even remember. It was like 19 or 25 or something crazy. Yeah, so. <laughs> like 20 at a time. Think, I think the defenders of Kills really appreciated that about it. Like, Yeah. There were a lot of Kills. They were gruesome. Some of them were kind of cool.
1: Yeah. All right. But uh, going back to 2018, though, so you like the character development of it. I would almost argue the character development in it uh, ruins the film because it's terrible. Like, are you like uh, sympathizing or liking Laurie and the relationship that is shown between her and her daughter and granddaughter? Or is that like I, I feel like it was more frustrating than like making you like care for them? No, I liked it. I mean, I liked seeing, especially on the second watch,
0: I liked seeing what trauma had done to Lori, and that's what it's an examination of. And I think she was likable. I mean, she was kind of like a broken, eccentric woman, but I still thought she was likable. I don't think it destroyed her legacy as a character, and I think especially the end really, like, Mirrored so many things from the first one that it just really drove home the f- switch of like, okay, now she's on the offensive. She's more in a position of power now than she was back then.
1: That was the worst offensive. She's had like decades to prepare for this attack. She's made this house that's supposed to like protect her from Michael. She obviously has like a stake in like seeing him die. But really her whole game plan is I'm just going to trap this guy in the basement and have the house self-destruct. I mean, yeah, it, it, just, it, it didn't seem like really well thought out. Like uh, you don't trap this thing you're trying to kill and then burn the house down. Like you actually go in and try to kill it. So I feel like the end, uh, yeah, I, they obviously tried to make it like her like turning the whole tables around and stuff. But uh, it was just such a poorly thought out plan that uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it kind of ruined it, didn't it? You've never like had a mouse in your house and just <laughs> killed it
0: by <laughs> setting the whole place on fire? Yeah. It's like the most effective way to kill bed bugs. <laughs> just burn the place down. <laughs> just burn the place down. That's probably yeah. is one of the few ways to get rid of bre- sure, bed bugs. Yeah. That's true. But
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that didn't like kind of uh, make the whole movie shit for you? No. That's, I mean, she booby trapped her
0: house. That's, uh, maybe it's a little bit crazy, but that was like her compound and she was freaked out of the outside world it, it kind of made sense with their character also it's really easy to forget that any other movie in the franchise besides the first film does not exist in this canon so oh yeah people don't necessarily know michael myers is borderline invincible right right
1: yeah it's just especially like, in 2018 sure yeah he's, he's just like a dude in a, in a prison right or like a right. yeah who killed people um But, yeah, Macaulay Culkin had, like, uh, what, three days? And he put together, like, way better traps than she put together in, like, 40 years or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I just feel like she could have done a much better job that would have fit with her character. She's got that whole shooting range outside, which, like, looks really creepy and stuff. But, yeah, I just didn't see, like, that, that plan working out too well for her.
0: You really should have included Macaulay Culkin when we did our top five Final Girls episode.
1: <laughs> He's up there. He's definitely <laughs> knocking on the door of that list. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, all right, so I hear so, so you're you're up on one, down on two. Uh I, I'm putting two slightly like an inch above, but overall I think this franchise sucks so far. <laughs> like what's this guy doing directing horror films? I really thought it was such
0: a strange drop in quality between 2018 and Kills. I After 2018, the second time, I was like, okay, like I'm on board here. This is really something special. And then after Kills, I was like, it's hard to believe this won't ruin the whole trilogy. I was yeah. so down on Kills.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, Not only wow.
0: because it's a bad movie, because it's like this has to be justified by the next movie, and there may not be a great way to, to make so this sad. movie necessary without... You have to make a specific type of movie to make Halloween Kills a necessary part of the story.
1: Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. Well, I I think the one thread that ties like these are together in this franchise, and we'll see if it goes in this movie. But it's the whole idea that, like it's not just Michael. It's like something much bigger than him, and like this concept of like evil and like what it does to a small town and to people. So I I think you see that happening like starting in one, and they just kind of like blew that up in two, right? Yeah. For sure.
0: I think, though, the first one focused mostly on the victims and the families, the people close to the victim. And then Kills really expanded it to the entire town.
1: Yeah, though I would say t- Kills actually brought in more of the victims. It brought back, like, all those people from the original Halloweens. Like, those kids who are, like, now growing up and, like, uh, the ones that are, like, kind of rallying now against uh, uh, Michael. Like, uh, in part one, you, you only had Laurie from the first one, right? And, and maybe the cop? Yeah, and Lori's family,
0: and you know the generations forward, and how that affected them. Yeah. I, I like that take better. I mean, it's cool in theory to see what happens to Tommy and um, yeah. Lindsay, but I don't know. I just don't think it worked.
1: I think it was an interesting idea, mm-hmm. but it didn't work in kills, at least. But. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm excited to see where we land on on part three then. Me too. It seems people are largely, it's polarizing,
0: but a lot of people think this movie is shit. Uh, From the the read I get on some of our listeners and their discussions in the Discord server. It's got a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 40%, user score of 57%. It had a budget of 20 to 30 million and box office of 58.4 million, which was eaten into a bit by a Peacock release as well. People are pissed about that, right? Are people pissed that they did the simultaneous release?
1: Yeah, I saw like some directors going off like uh why are they doing this to us? I think Christopher Landon uh was like saying that the same thing happened with Freaky and like he hates how studios do that. Um it, it's a strange move cuz uh yeah, why 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 do you think they did that like had it streaming as well? I think it's kind of like you should go one route or the other. Yeah. Right. I
0: Did you go to the theater or did you watch it on Peacock? I Peacocked it. What about you? You peacocked it. <laughs> I would have gone to the theater, but I was out of town having a guy's weekend with some old friends, and I just couldn't justify leaving people I hadn't seen in years to go watch a movie. So I woke up early one morning, hung over, and watched this on Peacock. <laughs> oh
1: wow, that's quite a setting to like watch this film like early one morning. <laughs> it was quite a setting, and <laughs> yeah, Peacock said this
0: was their most moch. Wow. Most watched film ever on Peacock
1: in the period of two days. In the period of two days? Wow. Damn, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. G- good for them. I think Kills, they did a similar strategy, right? It came out on Peacock and theaters. They did. Yeah. And I watched Kills on Peacock. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I yeah, it's, it's a weird business model. I, I don't know how they make money off of that or yeah, they, they kill the box office and who like pays the price for that then?
0: Yeah, it is odd, and I mean, Universal owns NBC, and this was distributed by Universal, so I don't know how that fits into their strategy and their revenue streams. Yeah,
1: I know. Can you imagine- I, like, I, I to... suppose it's maybe like in a bit of an investment in Peacock. Sure. Yeah, so you're seeing like some kind of like share increase or something, or longer-term yeah. customer retention. Yeah. That's some crazy math. It is. I'd 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 love to be a fly on the wall for those discussions. <laughs> right. Right. But uh, yeah, and, and this is the last production that Blumhouse is involved in, right? It's going to go back to the Makad. What's that guy's name? Yeah, Malik Akkad. Malik Akkad, um, yep. His
0: father, Mus- I think his name was Mustafa Akkad, was a producer on the original Halloween. And so Okay. now the rights return to Malik Akkad now that Blumhouse is done with this trilogy. Okay, Cool. So we'll see what happens. I mean, surely there's going to be more films in the Halloween franchise, but not in this vein, and, and the trilogy is complete.
1: So that that's thirteen films as a whole. Uh, the other question I had for you: Oh, what did you need to see in this film uh, to make um, like like to tie this franchise? What, what were you looking for here? What was I looking for? I really
0: didn't even think about like what I wanted from it going into it.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe it was just because I was like on the heels of watching both of them that like kind of had an idea like this whole franchise is building up some kind of great uh, battle between Laurie and Michael um, and uh, the townspeople, I guess. So that, that's sure. kind of what I was looking for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose I obviously wanted a showdown between Laurie and Michael. That's inevitable, I guess. Uh, but n- I didn't think about it much more than that.
1: Yeah, and knowing that this was uh, her last movie, I kind of expected Laurie to die here, too. That was one of the things I was hoping for, as well. Yeah, interesting. I did not have that desire. Okay. Um, But, yeah. Um,
0: Cool. Uh, Anything
1: else, or should I I hit some of our announcements? Um, No, I I think you hit all the background I had, so, uh, yeah, go for it. Okay. Well,
0: listeners, um, before we keep going, we have something special to offer you in this episode. The Lost Boys and Poltergeist are available for the first time in 4K Ultra HD, and we have five prize codes to give away. And each code will get you both movies on digital. So the first three people who email us at podcast at horrormovieclub.com will get a prize code, and the first two Patreon subscribers to message us through Patreon will get a code. So if you're interested in getting both of these 80s classic on digital in 4K, Poltergeist, Lost Boys... You can either be one of the first people to email us, podcast at horrormovieclub.com, or one of the first two patrons to message us on Patreons. Yeah. Patreon. Those are great movies to have on 4K. Pretty exciting, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a sweet deal to get both of them. So just contact us, people. Um, speaking of Patreon, shout-outs to new members, Connor, Macedo, Clifford, and Reagan. Thank you all so much for your support. We, we appreciate like it. Hope you enjoy the bonus content out there. And I think that's it. Oh, The Ohio Connection. Every movie we watch gets connected to our home state of Ohio by our friend Alex, who owns the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. Swing by for some delicious drinks and food if you're in the area. And Alex says, Halloween Ends is a slasher film sequel to the 2021 film Halloween Kills and the final film in the H-40 trilogy that commenced with the 2018 film. The film stars, among others, Andy Matichak, who reprised her role as Allison Nelson, Lori's granddaughter, who went head-to-head with Michael in Halloween Kills. Matichak first appeared in television series such as 666 Park Avenue, Orange is the New Black, and Blue Bloods. In 2016, she made her feature film debut in the indie comedy-drama Miles, alongside actors Stephen Root, Paul Reiser, and Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon was born and raised in Shaker Heights, Ohio.
1: Oh, cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I really enjoy her work. I like her too. I was just watching a TV show with her on it, um, on HBO. The other two, you ever see that? No, I've never seen it. Oh, it's pretty good. And it's cool to see her back on on the screen. Great, great from SNL, right? She was like a classic. Yeah, a classic NNL actor. Yeah. Nice. Good connection. Cool.
0: Thanks, Alex. And uh, let's keep going. We're going to spoil everything, we're going to run through the plot in detail and then review the movie. But Ashwin, before we do that, I think I just heard the uh, doorbell ring. Do you mind if I just answer that real quick? Oh, sure. No, go for it. All right, I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> Hey, man, I'm back. Hey, who was it? Uh, That was some teens from the local high school marching band trying to raise money for a field trip, and I told them I didn't have any cash, and they straight up beat the shit out of me. (laughs) Damn, man. Teens are brutal with this shit. (laughs) It's true what they say about those marching band kids. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Tough as nails
1: and nothing but trouble. (laughs) Damn, man. Yeah, you never want to turn those guys away. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing but trouble? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Just got that.
0: <laughs>
1: Good fun. Wait, did I? Oh, like treble? Yeah, is that what you're saying? Nothing no. I mean, oh. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's kind of a, yeah, a little off base, but... <laughs> All right. Let's see. The film opens in the year 2019 with a teenager named Corey babysitting a young boy named Jeremy. They watch a scary movie together against Jeremy's parents' instructions, and afterwards Jeremy hides to scare Corey and pull a prank on him. He locks Corey in the attic, and Corey kicks the door down just as Jeremy's parents are arriving home. But when he kicks the attic door open, Jeremy is on the other side and gets knocked over the third floor railing and falls to his death, landing right in front of his parents who've just walked in the front door. Corey insists it was a mistake, but his parents have their doubts, especially because right as they walked in, we heard Corey saying, I'm going to kill you! What did you think of this opening, Ashwin? Uh
1: It was unexpected, man. It was kind of bizarre, uh, really cool, like, that uh, it didn't have... It's kind of disorienting, because you're expecting, like, Michael to pop up here. Uh, so, yeah, really, really interesting tone of, like, an accident going on. Um, not, like, uh, too scary or anything, and more tragic. Um, but uh, I, I thought it kind of, like, set a really interesting tone that, like, oh, shit... They're doing something different here, and kind of made me think, like, I I wondered if they're going the Halloween 3 route, where they just, this wasn't going to have any Michael in it. So, yeah, just kind of uh, surprising for me. But uh, what did you think?
0: They do have the Halloween 3 font in the opening credits, so I think a lot of people were kind of on, noticed that. I did not pick up on that. I didn't either, yeah. uh, read about it afterwards, and I I think people were looking for Halloween 3 uh, influence on this. Gotcha, yeah. What did you think? I was very thrown off and I was just kind of maybe a little thrown off in an angry way like oh man what's this got to do with anything <laughs> like here we go again coming in from the same mindset as kills. Kale's yeah. um, but wasn't necessarily angry about it either and yeah you are looking for Michael this is a babysitter situation right. in a cavernous house they're kind of showing some areas in the house where nothing is just to get you thinking Michael's lurking in there somewhere the knife goes missing right I forgot yeah. about that Right, it's got um,
1: all the signs of Michael being around, but
0: and they're watching the thing, which is a callback to the original movie in which they're watching the thing from another world. Which right, the thing was a remake of.
1: Yeah, yeah, right, right. It's kind of clever. Um, I I also noticed uh, there was um, a lot of these houses. Like when you watch kills and stuff, are like three, four stories uh, high. Like, I uh, there's some kind of interesting architecture going on in in these films with like these really tall houses. Have you noticed this? I mean, Haddonfield is a very interesting place
0: where anything can happen. Any kind of town. I, I have no idea what kind of town
1: Haddonfield is. There are no like, Even permits after all for the time they've yeah. spent on this town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just designing houses left and right with no uh, no rules to follow, no height restrictions. It's a very strange house. It looked like,
0: I don't know, like a foreign minister's palace or something. Yeah. It was... Strange, like the stairs went up to have three floors of stairs with balconies, right? Also, if, if you have a young kid, you're not buying that house,
1: <laughs> yeah. Seriously, yeah, that's a lot of yeah, that's a, that's a it's definitely like asking for it. This is basically on you, mom and dad. I know, <laughs> and Corey should have said the same, <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yeah. I feel like they should have probably gone to jail for this. Um, what one other thing that that took me by surprise here, I thought going into this that this film like Halloween Kills would pick up on the same night. Did you know that there was going to be like this time? Like, what, what are we, like four years out or something? We're not four years. Not we are.
0: Years. So this is interesting. This happened one year out. Mm. This scene took place in 2019. And after this, we move forward in time to 2022, which is four years after oh. Halloween and Kills. Gotcha. Okay. And you knew that was going to be the case? You weren't expecting a pickup right on the same night? I had a feeling we wouldn't pick up on the same night, because that was just too of a night to keep rolling with. Yeah, it was getting to be a long night. I feel like everyone needed Everybody to Everybody needed to rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Including <laughs> Michael, apparently. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a been a Very exhausting. long time. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Got to find yourself a nice sewer and catch up <laughs> on some Zs.
1: <laughs> For sure.
0: Uh, so we move forward in time to 2022. Michael Myers hasn't been seen in four years, and Laurie Strode- is working on a memoir and trying to live a normal life after her daughter's death She bought a normal non-booby trapped house where she lives with her orphan granddaughter Allison there's a bit of an exposition dump here in the form of Lori narrating her own memoir to us in her head uh, So that gives us some background about what's going on with the characters and then we get an exposition dump of what's been going on with Haddonfield via some obnoxious radio DJ who I believe we hear through the radio of Allison's car. Dude. What did you think of this whole setup and catching up with everybody? You probably hated it considering you sound like you hate character
1: development. <laughs> I do, I do hate character development. First off, uh when yeah, the whole franchise has set up Lori as like someone who's like been hiding out for years, has had this trauma. Uh we saw her in part in, in twenty eighteen bad like burn down her house to kill this guy and then in Halloween Kills, kill she's in the hospital like going nuts uh try, like you know saying he's got to die and all this stuff and she's gonna do whatever it takes and all of a sudden it's like gilmore girls suddenly where like her and her granddaughter like baking pies and like her whole like sense of alarm is gone and she's just like living life like it makes no fucking sense that you'd build this franchise uh with this character at the center of it and suddenly do like such a switch up on the character and who she is right like it, it totally shits on all that character development that you're all about what what, what did you think I was both on board with it, and I agree with you. It
0: is a big jump. I I think they should have done more to show us how she got from point A to point B. I mean, it is (laughs) four years later. A lot could have happened, but her (laughs) daughter died. And also, kills ended with a moment where you're like, oh, wow, she's dead. Is she really dead? Like, it, it was a little unclear, if I remember correctly, right? You just oh, the rewatched daughter? it. You'd know better than me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like the last scene you see is like she's sitting at the window and Michael shows up and and stabs her. Right. I guess you could assume it's like a dream or something. But I mean, w- wouldn't that, if anything, have made uh, Laurie more like, uh, I don't know, like uh, militaristic or like uh, on edge or like uh, more like we, yeah, he's coming for us and that kind of thing? I hear what you're saying. I agree.
0: It could have very much made her more like that instead of softening her. There's uh, there's no logic for her softening, is there? Like in what universe I, would that work? I think here's the logic I would put on it. But we weren't given any of this. We were given a big exposition dump but didn't get this and probably should have. A big part of the conflict between Laurie and her daughter in the first two movies is that her daughter hated the way she was raised. Like mm you've got to be careful, like you're like military training every day. And now her granddaughter is orphaned. She was presumably under the age of 18 when her mom died. Mm -hmm. I don't know for sure. I think so. I think so. She's like, okay, you're going to live with me. I'm going to take care of you. Even so, even if you're 18 years old nowadays, you don't really, most people don't just live on their own. And especially a grandma who just saw their granddaughter lose their mom, both of their parents, and kills, Yeah, w- of course, is going to be like, come live with me. And I think after the mistakes she made with her own daughter and all the drama it caused between them, she wouldn't be like, come live with me and my like- Craziness, yeah. You know, uh, what's it called? Barbed wired home like with booby traps everywhere and we'll live in fear our whole lives. Maybe for her granddaughter, she did it differently this time.
1: Yeah, I guess that just seems like a stretch because if anything, she was proven right with like her whole, like, we all got to be scared of this guy and be prepared uh, by her daughter dying. So you think that would have uh emboldened her position to sustain to that mentality. But uh yeah, I hear you like, yeah, that, that's a stretch, though, that like they suddenly would have like softened up so much and started I making agree. pies together.
0: I agree. But I just think losing your daughter and makes, knowing that was a mistake that you can never fix makes you want to fix it for your granddaughter. Maybe. Yeah. If, if I'm just trying to get in the writer's heads on why they chose this. Choice. Sure. All
1: right. All right. All right. Plausible. But I hear what you're saying. And I
0: think I think most people who are listening probably are agreeing with you.
1: Yeah. It's just such a weird turn in, the, in like the last film in this franchise to suddenly move away from this character that we've known. And like so much of this, I feel like, has been about the trauma that she has in it. I feel like they're just kind of like burying that in a way.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Uh, We also catch up with Corey, the babysitter from the opening scene. He's working at his stepfather's salvage yard and is ostracized by the town as a presumed child killer, even though he was proclaimed innocent in regards to Jeremy's death in the opening scene. We see Corey get bullied by some teens until Lori shows up to intervene. Uh, He got a pretty nasty cut on his hand in the encounter, so she takes him to the hospital, partially as a means to set him up with Allison, her granddaughter. But before she does that, she suggests to Corey that they slash the tires on these teens' car, and so they do. <laughs> and it struck me as odd when I saw it, but then it got buried by everything else that was going on in my head until I saw Mike L commented about it on Discord. It, a marching <laughs> marching band kids are not who
1: you predict to be like <laughs> roughing people up around town. Yeah 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 I know that's, that's a weird, yeah I, I don't know how to explain that
0: <laughs> I think they made some weird comedic choices for these films that don't always shine clear through as comedy
1: oh like it's uh, but I'm not
0: sure there's just some weird things that I'm just like too, too why subtle choice maybe
1: yeah 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 I didn't pick up on any comedy so it's definitely off, off my radar yeah same um Let's see, Oh, say,
0: so Allison and Corey have their meet-cute in the hospital where she's helping to dress his wound. We also learn in this scene that her boss is a dick. He calls her cute in front of Corey, who is just some random patient to them, and then has a fit of rage when he drops something, and when he leaves the room, Corey endears himself to Allison by telling her she shouldn't let him talk to her like that. She invites Corey to a Halloween party at a bar that night, and they do some wild ass dancing together. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need to describe what they were
1: doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were really letting go. Yeah. Uh, were you and surprised then, at like how into him she was like right off the bat? Uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a jump, but I think she
0: explains later that she felt a connection to him and that they both are talked about behind
1: their backs across town and have both been through tragedy. I guess, yeah. I, I actually, I, I didn't understand the parallel between them because like one, and he points this out, like one is, uh, like she is a survivor of like a, a, a mass killer like coming in and like, you know, her parents got killed and stuff. Or her, yeah, both their parents got killed. Him on the other hand is like someone who accidentally killed a kid. So I, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Like just, uh, what, what's the, what's the overlap here? What, what do they have in common?
0: I think just being the talk of the town and going through their own tragedies. It's not like she's talked up as a hero all the time i mean she is to an extent but she also lost her parents people think her grandmother is crazy um she lives with her grandmother so Hmm. it's got to be a very strange feeling who only very few people would understand what it's like to be famous in the town for all these traumatic reasons so sure
1: okay yeah i mean that's one thread throughout this whole film like there's a sense of guilt on uh, Lori's part and on uh, her, da- her granddaughter's part where, like, it's almost like people are blaming them for Michael or, like, calling uh, Michael, like, their monster, which I-, I couldn't understand. Like, uh I don't know. Does that make sense to you? I was going to... I have that later
0: on in the plot summary as a question for you because, like, there's a scene later where Lori comes across some woman at the grocery store and she's like, you provoked him like you got yeah. us into this mess and right. then someone else describes her as like somebody who picked on somebody with brain damage it's just like right where are they getting this from is this just how the story got mutated over the years or right. was there something in kills that made people think that
1: yeah yeah i feel like we definitely missed something there uh unless like that's like a comment uh or they're, they're commenting on like natural social trends where uh, right. if yeah, you're scared of something, you blame it on someone or like victim shaming. Yeah. Right, yeah. Is that a
0: thing? Victim I, shaming? I think that's what they're doing. Oh, okay. Okay. Or victim blaming. Victim something is a thing. Victim okay. taming. Victim naming. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I didn't see that coming that as well. Um, so yeah, they're at this party, they're dancing it up. Uh, they should be embarrassed of themselves, but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Corey gets confronted by, he runs into Jeremy's mom who basically shames him about the fact that he killed her son. She still blames him, maybe even thinks he did it on purpose. And Corey gets emotional and leaves the party. But on his way home, he's jumped by the marching band kids, who are now further enraged by the tire slashing. And one of the teens throws him over the guardrails of a bridge, and they flee the scene. It's been alluded to earlier in the film that Michael may be lurking under that bridge, and we see Corey's body get dragged into some underground tunnels, Michael then attempts to kill Corey, but as he strangles him, he looks into Corey's eyes and sees something that makes him stop. As he does this, we see a quick flashback montage of the night Jeremy died, which I think is meant to tell us that Michael sees Corey's pain Mm -hmm. and perhaps sees something similar in Corey to what lurks inside himself. That's the is that the way you interpreted that scene
1: yeah some kind of like recognition of like a, a, a similar thing because yeah then, then uh, he, he doesn't kill him right he just lets him go he lets him go and as Corey
0: exits the tunnels he gets held up at knife point by some homeless guy who says like, yeah he brings people in there to kill them sometimes and then Corey you know takes the knife and stabs the homeless guy kind of in self-defense but he he kills somebody.
1: I was a little underwhelmed with this first look at Michael in this film, because he's been talked about, and uh, we're probably like 20, 30 minutes in, and this is like the first time we're seeing him, it's kind of like, it's an obstructed view, right? He's like kind of in the wall, and he just like puts his hand out and grabs this guy. So I I was kind of disappointed in like that reveal of, oh yeah, there's Michael, but what what did you think? I was so, I
0: wasn't thinking so much about Michael's first reveal, because I was so wrapped up in digesting the fact that Michael just let somebody go oh yeah, and like saw something in him. It was just such a like wow
1: moment that yeah. I was like, wow, okay, are, are they, are they doing this? I, I couldn't <laughs> quite believe it. I know. Yeah. Cause Michael's supposed to be like this emotionalist uh, killer. Like he's not supposed to be looking into people's eyes and looking for a sign of hope or something. So. Right. And letting so, people go. yeah.
0: Um, I also got to wondering why this kid's mom, Jeremy's mom, would be at a Halloween party for 20-somethings at a local
1: bar <laughs> drinking on the- <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you do after you lose a child. <laughs> you come and party up with the teens. <laughs> right? And th- and then his dad is later there at that same bar, right? <laughs> I know, right? It's everyone at- <laughs> So bizarre. Ha- Haddonfield's a weird
0: place. It really is. Um Okay, so later, Corey meets Allison for dinner at the local diner and is essentially telling her he's done with Haddonfield. Uh, He just seems like kind of a different person after this encounter with Michael. Allison's ex-boyfriend, who is also a cop, interrupts their meal and kind of harasses them, which causes Corey to stand up and talk shit to the cop. The cop does nothing at the time but follows Corey home, and instead of going home, Corey leads the cop to the tunnels where Michael leaves or, wow, sorry. <laughs> <Come on>. <laughs> <laughs> Corey leads the cop to the tunnels where Michael lives and Corey is killed by
1: Michael. It's And I it's, can't remember, but is this the scene where he's like, Show me? Like Show me Corey's how you like, do it. Teach me how to do it. I think so, yeah. It's like yeah, he screams it at him, uh was that someone else? I can't sure. remember if that was somebody else or not, but Yeah. I figured too. But is it like, I? it was kind of dark here, like the way they shot this, or at least where I was watching it, but do they both kind of like take turns on the cop or? I think you... it was a little bit of teamwork, if I remember correctly. Okay. And then they like high-fived.
0: Yeah, the they did. Cool. Well, yeah. <laughs> they high-fived and they then there was a
1: shower scene after that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two dudes in the locker room just. <laughs> <laughs> Actually,
0: there was a scene at, uh, shortly after this where. Corey's like riding on his motorcycle gloriously and you can see that there's someone sitting behind him <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh I really hope that's Michael <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> on the back of the motorcycle yeah
1: <laughs> just riding away into the night together exactly just the, just the two of them what did you think of like Corey's transformation so far that we've been seeing I thought it was just so wild
0: I went from like really rejecting what this movie was trying to do to being like You know what? Maybe I'm on board with this. Wow. And it wasn't quite here that I got there, but I'll I'm shortly I'll get to the next scene that yeah. All right. Well how about you? What were you thinking? Uh
1: you know, I, I felt like they were going for the whole Christine thing, uh, with the Arnie or whatever. And uh yeah, it, it felt like it was coming out of nowhere, like uh I get it, you're like you're getting bullied And then, yeah, you run into, like, a serial killer. Um, And then, uh, yeah. I I mean, yeah, I I wasn't on board with that. I I thought it was really weird. Didn't understand why Allison wasn't, like, being alarmed or surprised by this stuff. And she was going to yeah, a lot of these characters just weren't adding up for me in what what they are doing. Fair criticism. Um, Shortly after this scene, we
0: learn that the dickhead doctor that is Allison's boss passed her up for a promotion in favor of a nurse that he is sleeping with. Corey later stalks the doctor and nurse at the doctor's home. He kills the doctor and then hunts down the nurse. She locks herself inside the house, but then we see Michael is inside the house and kills her as Corey looks on through the sliding glass doors outside, and he does the whole pin her to the wall type kill. That was a cool kill. Uh, Enjoyed that. It's a cool kill. This was a cool kill, and <laughs> this was when I was like, wow, I'm I'm actually on board with this. Like, I yeah. did not expect to be, but I was, they're working together clearly as a team. It's like a jump <laughs> the shark moment for this trilogy. Sure. It, it is a big swing and a big risk, and probably really just a
1: stupid decision. <laughs> yes. But I was kind of like, that was kind of cool. I like that. Really? In what world? I, I mean, like you called it out earlier, too. Like, Michael, this isn't like him. Like, he would never. Partner with some like teen kid to like go around killing people, like together. That's like not anywhere near like the Michael that we know. I guess there comes a time in everyone's
0: life when <laughs> they start thinking about their legacy, <laughs> and maybe it's time to pass the torch on to the younger generation.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, he's like pretty old at this point, right? And uh, I think he's, I mean, s- they've okay. definitely made it a point in this
0: trilogy to be like, Michael. It's getting old, like he's aging, yeah. and and he ages for real, like other people do too. So, yeah, presumably he's going to die, and I don't think he. I'm joking about the desire to pass on the torch, but uh yeah, I was on board for it. Honestly, I was just, I was not in a good place after kills, and I'm like, how are they gonna? What are they gonna <laughs> even do? And, and I was just like, okay, fine, yeah, you can do this
1: yeah well so so the theme that i think they're they're uh continuing on from kills is like that evil like lives on and now it's like in this kid and like he's becoming michael in some way um so that makes sense but I, I feel like they're ditching like that in in part one and two uh they really did show that uh michael just there's like nothing in him he's just like pure evil and like there's no sense of like bonding or like uh getting along with people or like making friends in the workplace Like that's. That's not him. So this, this just feels like you've told us all this stuff about Michael, but now like this partnership doesn't make any sense. Making friends in the workplace? <laughs> yeah. This isn't how it works. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't know how you're uh, solving this pill so easily. Like uh, It was a risk, and I, I think it just defies everything that we've known about Michael in this franchise. I agree. I, I agree. It totally does. I feel like they destroyed this franchise
0: last movie, and so whatever. I just... <laughs> <laughs> had they kept going, there were very few things they could have done here to get back on course to me. Yeah, and this was such a bonkers choice that I was just like, I don't know. I was here for it. it I agree. It makes no sense. Yeah,
1: you know, what um, what's, I think. I think what's interesting as we go through this is you're coming from like a very low point with kills. Uh, I'm coming from like a slightly higher point with kills. So maybe that's yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's it.
0: probably a, a big part of this. Okay, I'm blue in the middle. Um. And I think at some point, too, we get um, commentary from the dad, because Laurie's starting to see this in Corey, And we meet somebody, they meet his dad at the bar, like you said, he's later. uh, He's there later. And, oh, what does he say? He says something about, like- (laughs) I think he saw him on the street or something, and he- Yeah, and his his eyes were different. He's just like, you have to wonder if he was like this all the time. Or if the town did it to him. I think mm. the exact quote, okay, I found it. Did the town do this to him after the accident, or was it always there? Mm. Yeah. And that is a big part of the theme of the movie. Yep. Yeah. And so I feel like this movie is capitalizing on what Kills set up. The themes and commentary, the social commentary that was a big part of Halloween Kills, is being capitalized upon in this movie.
1: Mm, Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, That line
0: specifically is pretty on the nose, but...
1: It is, yeah. So the ability of, like, a town to, like, turn someone into a monster. Do you also think it's a parallel to, uh, I feel like a big question mark in part one and two is, like, why Michael originally even killed his sister as a kid, and, like, how he just used to, like, kind of look out this window at the town. Um, So are they drawing a parallel that maybe Michael, uh, as a kid, was similar here, where, like, the town made him evil and kill his sister?
0: I don't think that's what they're doing, but I do think it could be interpreted that way. And in that sense, it's almost like a an implied nod to Rob Zombie's Halloween. That maybe something did go on with Michael as a kid. Maybe Michael oh, yeah. wasn't born this way. Maybe something happened that made him the way he is. Sure,
1: yeah. And now he sees himself in, in this person, too. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's very likely, but I think it's an interesting
1: way, it opens it up to examine the movie through that lens. Mm, yeah. I th- Yeah, I think so. I feel like there's like a circle of life kind of thing happening here.
0: It's such like a liberal talking head thing to say through that lens and I catch myself doing it and I <laughs> get a little angry at myself whenever <laughs> I say it. <laughs> yeah. like it. It's a good phrase. It's strong. Thanks. Thanks. I'll try to look at it through that lens. <laughs> uh, okay. So, let's see. Corey starts talking to Allison more and more about leaving Haddonfield and even says things like the two of them should set it on fire and watch it burn. She's kind of getting more on board with him, especially because Lori has recently confronted her and asked her to stop seeing Corey. So she's now kind of in the same mindset as him, especially like seeing her that nurse get promoted where she's just like, fuck this place. Um, and the reason Lori confronts her about him is she is seeing the same thing in Michael's eyes. <laughs> that she's, and they I talked about that in the first movie, 1978 movie too. Like uh, Loomis says, like in his eyes, like they're just black evil. Mm. Um, and it's interesting because Laurie was previously pro Corey, but yeah, after he met Michael, he he's been different. And we even get a shot of him lurking in the laundry, looking up at Laurie through the window, which is a mimic.
1: I like the that original. throwback. That was that was cool.
0: Yeah, that was a little on the nose for me, but it got the point across. Sure. Um, Lori and Allison then eventually get into a big argument, and Allison says she's leaving Haddonfield. Meanwhile, Corey has gone into the sewers and takes Michael's mask from him. In a tussle that doesn't look that far away from what my five and three year old sons look like when they're fighting over a toy.
1: I know, just like a shoving match. They're just like, give it to me. Give. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, crawls it's out of there turn. with it in his hands. Was, yeah.
0: That was an embarrassing scene.
1: Yeah. How did he take down Michael? That's, that's insane. And then they,
0: <laughs> Michael's then like laying on the ground by the entrance to the tunnel and then you see him do his like intimidating (laughs) like get out it's just like well that doesn't work when he's just been like bested by a yeah exactly early 20s like whiny dude and had his mask stolen like (laughs) it loses some bits of
1: facts yeah
0: exactly that was another thing where i was like is that supposed to be funny
1: Dude. I don't know. Oh, man, I hope not. Cause I, yeah, I wasn't laughing. That's
0: offensive all. to Michael if they tried to make that funny. It's exactly. offensive to Michael either way. This a whole lot of people are gonna. To yeah, I mean, so many people are hating this movie because of that. Like they're just like, this movie treats Michael like a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> it really does.
1: It does. I mean, you can't argue with that. It yeah. does. It, yeah, it, I mean, he's been like hiding out in a in a cave uh, all this time, and it's getting like making friends with some teenager, and then. Letting him steal the mask, like that's crazy. Right. You've even implied that he has a workplace. Oh, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Water cooler talks, stuff. That's a whole new Michael.
0: Uh, So, yeah, Corey emerges from the sewer with Michael's mask and goes on a killing spree. He kills all the marching band bullies at the salvage yard. His stepdad accidentally gets killed in the process. Dude, he goes.
1: Oh, the one kill at at the yard uh, there's like a girl trapped under like a barbed wire thing. And, uh, what does he say? Like, is he dead? Like, I think when the marching, like the lead guy is like asking her like, oh, is he dead? And she's like, no, but you are. And like, uh, that's like when he, he kills, like, wasn't that terrible dialogue? Like who says like, <laughs> was, wouldn't you, wouldn't you yell like, look terrible. out or something?
0: Why would you say that to your closest <laughs> yeah, friend
1: No, but you are, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yell, like, but you are, motherfucker. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no! <laughs>
0: that was awful. That was that was pretty bad. A lot of the dialogue here is really bad. Yeah. Um, but I thought the salvage yard uh, death scenes
1: were pretty cool. Yeah, the kills themselves are cool.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. What else does he do? He goes home and kills his mom. Uh, he kills the radio DJ and the receptionist, who is Diana Prince, a.k.a. Darcy the male girl from Joe Bob.
1: Oh. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know who that is. Hey, uh, that, that record kill, uh, that, that was cool with the tongue on the record player? Yeah.
0: cuts out his tongue and it falls onto the record and it's just spinning around on the record. That was a cool look. Pretty gruesome. There were some cool kills in this movie.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: I was a fan. Um, So back at the Strode house, Laurie has become despondent over the argument with Allison and over multiple people in the town, telling her it's her fault that Michael killed all those people a few years ago, even though we don't understand why. Anyway, she's feeling down in the dumps. She calls nine one one to report a suicide. She takes out a revolver, and we're like, "Oh my God, what what what's Lori doing?" Yeah. And we hear her pull the trigger, and goop splatters on the wall. Uh, Corey has entered the house to kill her, and comes into the room when he hears her suicide but it's revealed to us that she faked her suicide as a ruse. She shot a pumpkin and that was the splatter because she heard him in the house. Uh, <laughs> what a setup. <laughs> what a setup. Yeah. And she shoots him twice in the shoulder, uh, but for some reasons, decides not to finish the job and kill him.
1: Um, I think it's because he's, he's a kid, right? Like maybe. Yeah, I think
0: sick. so. And she's like, you've really challenged my capacity and my mercy and she empties the gun. Mm. Uh, but then he says, if I can't have Allison, no one will, and he stabs himself in the neck. Lori pulls the knife out of his neck, and sure enough, Allison walks in at the exact moment that Lori is standing over Corey's body with a knife in her hand, and Allison leaves. I assume she thinks Lori just killed Corey. Yeah. Um, then Michael, the real Michael, enters the house looking for that mask. <laughs> breaks Corey's neck and gets his mask back and then starts looking around for Lori, who is now hiding from him. Lori and Michael engage in a fight in the kitchen, and Lori eventually bests him by pinning both his hands to a table or a kitchen island or something and then tipping the refrigerator over onto his feet. She then stabs him in the side with a knife and do you understand why they made this moment mimic Jesus' Jesus's crucifixion? Or did you catch oh, that?
1: Oh, I didn't catch that at all. Like his arms both were her expert. hands were
0: pinned down, then his legs pinned down, hmm. and then she's the really like I want to say the nail on the coffin, but that really doesn't work here.
1: <laughs>
0: Jesus' side was pierced when he was on the cross, and she cuts him in the side after oh. that. It was just so clearly wow a crucifixion mi- mimic, like huh. I don't know what that means for the commentary.
1: Is he dying for the town sins or something? Yeah, I, d- I don't know. That's, oh, that's really weird. Perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds terrible, though. That's, that's really dumb. But yeah, maybe you're right. Hey, at this part too, while she's killing him, uh, isn't doesn't she like uh go to him to kill her or something, or is it like uh yeah, go ahead, kill me. I've got nothing left or something. Or does she? I
0: think maybe at some point he gets his hand free and goes to choke her, and that might be when she's like, do it.
1: Yeah. I didn't get what her... Like, did she want to kill him, or did she want to die, or... Yeah. I feel like I, it kept going back and forth on what what she, what she was doing here.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's almost like the reverse line of, no, he's not dead, but you are. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Um, but then, as Michael has her by the throat, Allison, who has heard... Uh, I think the one officer has called her and said, like, your grandma called in a suicide. So she turns around and comes back home and sees what's going on here, and she breaks Michael's arm. And then the two of them kind of take care of business. Lori slits his throat, slits both of his wrists, and they're just letting him bleed out. Um, The cops eventually arrive responding to that suicide call, and... They tie Michael's body to the roof of a car and drive him to a in a town-wide procession to the salvage yard. And the entire town heads there and watches as Laurie feeds Michael into a massive shredder, trash compactor-type thing, and he is crushed. And the film ends with Laurie and Allison having reconciled, but Allison is happily leaving Haddonfield. Laurie finishes her book, and is finally kindling the romance that has begun over the past two movies with her and Officer Hawkins. (laughs) And one of the lines we hear her narrate from her own book is, evil doesn't die, it changes shape. Mm. And then don't fear the Reaper plays during the end credits. Damn. It's a callback to the original. By the way, there is like an elevator version of don't fear the Reaper playing in the grocery store. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think Evil Doesn't Die, It Changes Shape is very much part of the theme of the movie.
1: You think it, like it's a double entendre-like shape, uh, like the mask? I, I do, right, the yeah, shape. that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. That actually, I think, it's a little on the nose with the
1: theme, but that's a good line in, in the double entendre sense. Yeah, so it changes shape. That's interesting. Um, I, w- w- what's, what's your interpretation of that? So Evil didn't die, so they didn't kill yeah what what was the evil like uh, yeah part two and part three I feel like are all about pulling the evil out of Michael into like this bigger thing that like is part of the collective community um and at the end I thought it did die because like they put it in that compactor um what what shape did it turn into or do, do you do you understand like like what 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 she meant by that uh, yeah I mean I
0: think it was just tying up the themes explored in all three of them the evil of Michael transferred itself in little pieces or big pieces to everybody who was touched by the tragedy, like mm-hmm. l- how it affected Lori's life, how it affected the town as a whole, and how angry they got at some things, and how they shamed Corey, and how they shamed Lori even in saying it was her fault. And yeah. then, you know, back to that line from Jeremy's dad. Like, was Corey always like this or did the town turn him into it? They then made a new Michael, so I think it is a commentary on the trajectory of trauma and grief and evil and how it's
1: passed on through other oh, generations. So changing shape, like it wasn't Michael Myers, it was this Corey guy now, like he's the new shape of evil. But then, yeah, he right. Or
0: even the town's reaction to Michael Myers was the uh, new shape of evil, and they molded. Corey into a new shape of evil with their Mm. own judgments and anger yeah Uh, and because at some point when laurie is lecturing Corey, she talks about there's two types of evil like the type on the outside like along the town walls trying to get in and the type within you (laughs) and
1: i i think it's like trying to keep the evil at bay that grows in all of us sure yeah yeah interesting theme um, yeah, I, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm not a fan of it, because I, I feel like all that talk of evil and, like, the, uh, the, the uh, what do you call it, like, a metaphor or whatever, um, like, this, this whole franchise, is, it's about Michael Myers, and in a way, like, that's pulling away from his character and making it more about this, like, universal idea of, like, good and bad or evil and stuff, uh, so I don't know, I'm not a huge fan of that theme, are you? I am.
0: I am. I am a fan of the theme. I I hated Halloween Kills, but I understood the theme that they were trying to go for, and I think there's like interesting things to tease out of that. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I didn't. I was a little disappointed that that was the direction they were taking the trilogy. And like you said, this whole franchise is about Michael Myers. I don't think so. If if you look at the franchises. 78 and this trilogy which is the timeline Mm -hmm. it's about lori um and i think halloween kills like the the people who are bemoaning this movie and and the loss of michael myers and how he was treated like a bitch to me that already happened even though he was a killing machine in halloween kills Mm -hmm. halloween kills made it clear that this is a story about the town like this is the effects of Michael Myers that we're examining on everybody else. Yeah. This is about the survivors. And so they had already kind of dug that hole and needed to tunnel out of it. Hmm. And I think this was the best way to tuggle, tunnel out of it. And I think is the one of the few things they could have done that really justified Halloween Kills as a part of the trilogy. It almost justifies that movie. (laughs) But, like, to me, the damage had kind of already been done with that movie. Yeah. And they... I won't say they stuck the landing, because (laughs) I think the trilogy as a whole started out on a high and then was just like, okay, that turned into a whole other thing that we hoped than we thought it might in 2018. But I think they did stick the landing in terms of bringing home the themes set forth in Halloween Kills Bringing those home to roost.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because it, it sounds like you do like that theme, but you hate Halloween Kills. But I feel like Halloween Kills is really the one that uh, took that theme and made it more about the town. So uh, it, it's it's kind of hard to like uh, knock it uh, or knock that film when it that that's like the theme that you like about this whole franchise or, or like this idea that it's not about Michael. It's more about the town. Cause I I think Halloween Kills really really brought that to light, right?
0: It did, but it it did so without any real story in like meandering scenes with horrible dialogue so I I believe I may have even said in kills like I do like the theme and I think that gives you a lot to think about but I don't like the movie yeah I actually thought as, as, as weird as this was as big of a swing as it took I know so many people are going to be like, fuck you, Brian, for liking this movie. <laughs> and can I, can I, can I, can I, I think, be the first to say that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And fans of the franchise are so like precious about Michael and his mythology and what it means and everything, which I get. But at the same time, this is a movie about a supernatural man who can't be killed that just goes on a killing spree and seems to keep attacking the same woman for a reason that still we have no idea why. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you gotta forgive it a little bit for not making sense.
1: Sure, not being all about Michael.
0: Yeah, and not being all about Michael. I mean, I get it. It's bad. It's silly. I'm not saying this is a great movie. It may not even be a good movie. But they capitalized on the themes, and I thought the story was better than the kills story it had major plot points that followed through on the ideas it was done awkwardly as hell with again some poor dialogue but not as bad as kills Mm -hmm. but it it followed a path you know we we saw what was happening to Corey, and whether you believed it or not or thought it was jumps they showed us all the steps to how it got there and they tied that into the theme as well and the same people who are saying this is ridiculous that he's working with Corey are probably some of the same people who want to see like a crossover with another slasher.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> two very different things. Yeah, but this kind of showed you like, okay, it's Michael possible. could be with somebody <laughs> else, and it yeah may or may not work depending. This is a a testing of that concept. So sure, sure, yeah. Not I, calling Corey Jason or Freddie, but right.
1: Well, those yeah. crossovers usually they're fighting each other, right? it's, it's never like them teaming up uh with with one another,
0: is it? I haven't seen many of the crossovers. I don't even know if there are that many, but Yeah, I Freddie versus cool. Jason. Yeah, they were kind of against each other. But they're also, you know, they're both killing people.
1: Yeah, yeah. And usually like people are favoring one of them. Um Yeah, no, I mean, I I agree. Halloween Kills, story-wise, you're you're right. Like, there wasn't a story there. And I I don't feel like that was a movie that was supposed to have a story. I think that was just about crazy shit happening in part one. Part two, everything's just, like, spiraling out of control, and this town's, like, eating in the mayhem. So, uh, broaden the scope of it. Part three, though, so I I get your argument that, like, yeah, maybe this doesn't have to be about Michael. Maybe it can be more about the victims and the town. But then I don't feel like it does them, like, uh, great justice. Like, do you feel like... The town in this one is like accurately portrayed or we get a sense really of the trauma that Michael has caused I and mean, we see one or two people who are pissed at Lori for for Michael which I don't I'm still struggling to understand like why they all like don't kind of feel like they were attacked by this crazy person and are putting it on her and then even Lori's character is just like so out of character from the last two films so if you go with your argument where this is about the other people and the victims that makes this movie even worse because uh they all suck and, and like the, the story doesn't make sense for like how these people are. I'm not saying it's about the I think
0: it's about the victims being Corey and Corey victim of a different tragedy and the town's, you know, vitriol. and Lori being a victim of the town's vitriol as well. Like I'm not saying Kills was about the town as a whole. Mm-hmm. to me as characters who are suffering from trauma. Ends is about the town as an inflictor of trauma and perhaps an agent of evil itself on a smaller more insidious and persistent level slowly turning Cory into What he becomes
1: so you think uh, in this film? Cory is turned into a killer because of the town I mean is it, is it it's the marching man people who turn him into a killer and he's like they're representative of the town yeah, I
0: think they're a stand-in for to show us that the town, what the town thinks of Corey.
1: Yeah, so it's them. It's not like him meeting Michael in the in in the sewer that like gives him the power to like become who he is.
0: I mean, I think in a way it is, and that part's unclear and a little weird and possibly silly. But I, yeah, I don't think Corey becomes who he becomes without. Being considered a child killer by the entire by town. By the entire
1: town, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got a stepfather looking out for him. Yeah, his mom's, like, a terrible person, too. Uh, I don't know, it's 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 a little hard for me. Like, yeah, obviously he's, like, getting bullied and stuff, but uh, I don't know, because I, I feel like that kind of chief... I, I felt like they were trying to draw a parallel between him and Michael, and if, like, we're led to believe that Michael had a similar upbringing and, like, he became a serial killer because he got bullied by the town or something... Uh, I thought that was like kind of cheapening his backstory, but it sounds like you didn't draw that parallel. I mean, I implied? think it's,
0: it could be there to, I'm saying I don't think it was implied by the script. I don't know. I think they left the door open is all they
1: did. Okay. And okay. I think
0: you could, you could draw that line if you wanted to. And I, I think another interesting thing that you're doing, like, so the one character says, I know, it's a, just a random talents person. I know the Laurie Strode story. She teased a man with brain damage, and then he snapped. Or maybe that's what the DJ said. Oh, maybe. Um And I kind of like, like, they're doing two things here. The There's commentary on blaming everybody but the person that did it all. Mm-hmm. Again, like the victim shaming, like we said before. And then the brain damage comment brings up an interesting, like, thought experiment, too. Is anybody truly a bad person? Yeah. And then even looking at Corey's trajectory, it... Is it about mental health mm-hmm. or is it about people being damaged products of a society that creates them or is it, it is about true evil as some other parts of the story hint to like, is Michael just pure evil? Is Corey right. just pure evil? Yeah. And it, I think it's an interesting thing to look at in society now where we've live in a time where white men like Corey about Corey's age are just walking into places, killing a bunch of people. So yeah. What are we what's the story and and how do we look at it as a society? and does that depend on what side of the political spectrum you're on? Are you looking at them as people with mental health issues? Are you looking at people that society has failed? Are you looking at people who are just evil and some people are just evil? like? Right. Yeah, I think there's commentary there that's interesting and and kind of deep and uh, topical at the moment.
1: For sure, yeah, 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 Nice to see you on your liberal soapbox there. Uh, I I agree. I feel like uh, Smile like is another recent movie that we saw, which I, I think really plays into like the mental trauma, or like yeah, with the society's role in, in in like judging and like forming these villains. Uh interesting. Like it's an interesting comment you make though about like evil, pure evil versus like if it's inflicted by your environment. Because I I feel like uh, that's something you heard a lot in part one and part two is that Michael's pure evil. Um, And now it's almost like in this one, you're negating the idea that does pure evil exist or is it a cause uh, or like a symptom of of a society? Uh, So in some ways, I I don't know, I I kind of feel like it undermines it and it sounds sounds like you like that kind of uh, alternative lens or what you call this lens, thought lens? Yeah, yeah. Just say lens a bunch. (laughs) Yeah, lens lens. (laughs) (laughs) Makes you sound smart. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting counterpoint of view on evil, but... Also, I, I don't know. It, it's just like you you don't throw that in into like the the the, fr- the series ending. Like uh, that's that's kind of a uh, throwing an idea like that in when you've you've built it up one way. It just kind of like put puts a spoke in the uh, what something a piece of something in the spoke of a wheel. Yeah, that's the expression. A piece of something in the spoke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it felt like Game of Thrones, man. You you, you watched that show? Yeah. And remember how pissed people were at season eight, and, like the shoddy writing, and like it's like they didn't even try. I-, I feel like they they forgot like the whole story they were writing up until now and just entirely switched gears. And yeah, you barely had Michael or Laurie in this. Um, and yeah, I-, I get what you're saying. Like it's cool they went in another direction and told a different side of the story, but it's also like yeah, it's it's a weird move.
0: I think they went in another direction, but also kept going on the direction they were. I think they brought the themes home. But what, what would you have liked to see? Can I ask you that? Like what, cause I also just like, don't have a better idea for where
1: to go after kills than dude, a million better ideas. Where where, <laughs> where are we after kills? Like Lori has like seen her, her daughter get murdered. Uh, she's like recovering in the hospital. Her and the cop like make this pact. Like, all right, we're gonna take down this guy. Uh, the the, the granddaughter's like traumatized because she's lost her parents in one night. So this whole town is like reeling from like the events, and Michael's like gone missing. Uh, so, yeah, you, you make it, uh, a hunt, like, they're out there hunting him, or, like, he's coming back and, like, stalking, I, I guess it could get a little repetitive, but, um, yeah, you just have it, like, be a big showdown between those two, and this time she does it right, and maybe they both die together at the end to end, like, the whole story, uh, with them, um, but, uh, yeah, I just feel like there are, like, a million ways to do this better, but we, you don't think so, you think this is the way to go? I think that what I kept coming to when
0: I was thinking, and I didn't, like, sit with a pen and paper and really try to come up with an idea for a script, <laughs> mind you. Yeah. But I just, I think what you said there reflects how I felt about it, where you're like, that could get a little repetitive. Yeah. You could make another movie that was just like Kills, where he's just, and you're kind of up in the ante, too, every one of these movies in this trilogy, where, okay, you're going to have Michael walking around like a machine, killing a bunch of people. Mm. But- They've also set it up that Michael ages, and they've, I don't know, I I do think it would have gotten repetitive, and it wouldn't have really justified the existence of Kills that just seemed all about commentary and not about plot and story. Sure. I I think they needed to go, I think they needed to pick up on where Kills left off more with commentary and less with the plot, because the plot-
1: Plot kind of stalled. It yeah,
0: I mean, it's maybe silly to say that because so many people died in that movie, but the plot yeah. itself, you know, yeah, it did yeah. kind of stall. Aside yeah. from Karen dying—that was her name. I can't remember.
1: Um, the daughter, right? Laurie's daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Karen. Yeah, it stalled, but uh, if it did, it did it feel like Laurie was the main character in this movie?
0: No, I guess it didn't, but. It, you know, I think it did a good job of juggling three storylines with Lori, Corey, Allison, and Allison.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I just I felt like they were going for like a, a teen romantic feel in the middle, um, which yeah, it was just hard for me to buy into uh, that she would be into this guy, that this guy would have like transformed so quickly, and uh, that he, Michael would even like him, like he doesn't seem like Michael's type. So yeah uh i yeah I think yeah maybe you're right like maybe maybe it's a cool approach but i, I feel like execution wise uh it got molded, like I, I don't know if that yeah the dialogue wasn't that strong um not not enough I, I feel like kills still had way more better kills than this one right
0: there were a few cool ones in this and I prefer to have a story that has some kills to make it pop than just being a movie full of kills so Yeah, I mean, I think the DJ one was cool. The whole salvage yard thing was neat. Um, I actually thought the showdown between her and Michael was actually pretty cool. In the kitchen, like the close intimate battle? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a big, broad, like, setting-to-setting extravaganza. It was one single contained scene, but I still thought it was kind of neat.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, shit, man. I mean, I feel like your your point about it, like it being repetitive. They just went like did the traditional stuff. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I, think Corey just really pissed me off here, and in in Michael's character. I mean, yeah. Let's actually.
0: I have more to say, but let's jump to the ratings, and then right. we'll, we'll keep talking a little bit. Uh, Sounds- so zero to
1: five, sewer wrestling matches. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I give gave it one and a half sewer wrestling matches. Like uh, I, I love this franchise. I love Michael Myers. And I thought they just really uh, dug a hole in the ground on this one and killed all the momentum that the first two movies built up. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, took out like the best parts of the franchise and, and made a really shitty film. What, what about you? I think you probably reflect the views of most horror fans. And then I think your
0: review could be summed up with and most people's could be summed up with like they did Michael Dirty in yeah. this movie. Yeah, for sure. I give it as much as I'm defending it, I still give it th- I give it three out of five sewer wow. wrestling matches. I that liked is. it. But it is not good. <laughs> it's for all I was talking it up, the writing specifically of the dialogue is bad. Corey is painful to watch on screen. He's just this, like, sad, sack, mopey teenager. It's not the person you want to see on screen for the majority of a Halloween film. And I get it. I mean, I get that this is not what people wanted from the movie. A big part of it, as I said, is just where I'm coming from. I'm this trilogy was lost last movie to me, so uh, I'm a little bit unique in where I'm coming from with it. But... I think it was very it wasn't done with a whole lot of grace. I appreciated the story. I appreciated the big swings. But yeah, it wasn't always very pleasant or likable, especially just because Corey was <laughs> I think that watch. was an overacted performance. Like, yeah. He wasn't and he wasn't creepy. He was just sad. I exactly. I think <laughs> I think it was Maybe even poor casting. That just wasn't the right fit for that role. I, right. I think somebody like a, maybe he's getting too old now, but what's his name? I think his name's Evan Peters, hmm. the kid who plays Dahmer. Oh, yeah. Which I haven't seen, so I mean I don't he couldn't be both of these. Yeah,
1: he's a good like, dude.
0: Somebody like that who could also be like very Suave and likable, but also fragile and broken. Mm-hmm. Would be a better fit than just kind of mopey, dorky type guy. No matter what he's going through, I agree. Yeah, they could have had it right. like you. Like you said, it was hard to believe Allison would be like, "What's going on with you?" <laughs> I'm into
1: this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I, I, I think you're right. His character didn't really fit the role that well, and it wasn't performed very well. Um, what about, like, the ending and, like, it being such, like, a clean ending of, like, you're seeing the monster, like, literally cut to shreds and, uh, obviously never, probably never, well, I'm, I don't know how they'll bring him back, and then, like, Laurie getting this, like, happy ending with the sheriff. Like, you didn't feel like that felt very uncharacteristic for Halloween? Hmm. I thought, yeah. Every other movie usually ends with, like, you think he's dead, but you know he's not dead or something. Right. There's something ominous.
0: Yeah. It was quite a bit of closure. <laughs> I kind of liked it. I mean, they're not... This is over. The, the next movie they make won't have to explain how he's back, because it's just going to start Different on a whole line. new timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I was actually kind of fine with it. It was more me following Laurie's trajectory, and as interesting as it might have been to see them die together like, in battle together, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm a sucker for happy endings, and I was glad that she made it out okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> and maybe found some love. <laughs> and maybe found some, that's so cheesy.
0: I, it's I mean, man. it's cheesy. It's cheesy. Yeah, yeah This
1: the, I, I got a real Gilmore vibes, uh, Gilmore Girl vibes from uh, the, the whole thing going on there. The, that's and the, fair. And the pie is getting baked. That's fair. Yeah. I expect to get a lot of hate mail for my opinion. I'm writing you one right now, actually.
0: <laughs> how do you spell your name again? Consider this, <laughs> folks, evil changes shape. So if you give me a lot of shit, how is that going to translate into my life? What That's, am I going to do?
1: I, I I think that that sounds a lot more deep than it actually is. I, I, I yeah, you, evil lives like evil changes shapes. Like, I, I don't know. It's not like a very like, f- uh, deep, like, uh, saying or anything.
0: I think it's just like, yeah, the the echo or what's it called like the butterfly effect of tragedies and and any action that you take and has infinite repercussions
1: that you may not even be aware of. Yeah. So don't but, kill anybody. <laughs> don't just don't do it. I I just feel like that was obvious from the first one. Like uh we we saw how uh Laurie's character had changed. Like what happened to her relationship with her family. Like you didn't have to like write a memoir and like spell it out at the end of the the third film. Like uh yeah we're we're not that dumb as the audience. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they hit a lot of things on the nose, but with Lori, it
0: turned into sadness and regrets and hurt feelings and ruined childhoods. I think it's interesting to see the flip side of how with Corey, it turned into Murder. more violence. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, I guess, right, right.
0: And yeah. I think it's, an. I mean, not to get too heavy with it and- you know too real on a silly movie like this but it does force us to confront what's going on in society i mean like cory and maybe it's better that he's just like a mopey weirdo because he could be considered a stand-in a proxy for the people who are shooting a bunch of people in this mm. country
1: like yeah yeah
0: it's a kind of a bummer to put that on this movie but i i think that's what they were maybe swinging for
1: yeah yeah no, you're probably right I, I think so, yeah, that idea of uh um, yeah, right, being kind of like uh what like beating up and stuff and and kind of like using that to take out your anger on a population,
0: right, either being bullied or just feeling like you don't fit into society or yeah, yeah, and then turning that into
1: anger and hate and violence, right, right, finding your best friend in the sewer, but then also a girl that's really into you, that's interesting, yeah, right, yeah. Got some, got some implications all right man anything else that's it man you, you, i think you came in a little too high on that one you might want to rethink that one <laughs> <laughs> i'm 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 really happy where i am I, <laughs> right. i'll defend this to any
0: emailers or i just won't respond or i'll right. just respond with haha <laughs> all right <laughs> um okay well i think that's it um aside from some email that i'll get from Ashwin in about five minutes after we <laughs> hang up so that was our discussion on halloween ends 2022 we hope you enjoyed it but really probably you're just screaming at your phone the whole time uh if you want to get in touch with us i hesitate to tell you where to do that but if you go to horrormovieclub.com there's a social links drop down get you to facebook and twitter where we announce what we'll do next week and get you a discord link where you can come talk to a great community of fans and listeners and horror movie watchers that we have going on there. And you can talk to me on there too. Uh, Email us podcast at horrormovieclub.com. Patreon.com slash horror movie club is where you can sign up to get bonus content for a dollar a month. Uh, Amy may pop art has a great shop on Etsy with a bunch of horror art. She did our logo If you just Google Horror Movie Club Coaster Set, you can buy a coaster set that includes some great horror characters and our logo on it from her. And until next time, if the Halloween franchise has taught us anything after 40 years, it's that you should never babysit anybody. (laughs) Either you'll get killed or all your friends will get killed or you'll end up killing a
1: kid. Oh, man. That's such a dangerous uh, profession.
0: Would you rather get killed, see all your friends get killed, or kill a kid? Probably kill a kid. What about
1: you? That, that was a test. Oh, okay. Was that the right answer? And you, you fail. Oh damn it! <laughs> what was the right answer? I think you'd
0: rather take you'd fall on your own sword. Really? You would?
1: Wow. I would imagine the kids first, and then the friends, and then you take the test.
0: My answer for you, for the fans right now, is that I would rather get okay. killed than afterwards.
1: That's after like, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> to kill <up. laughs> They're only <in> the <laughs> answer.